Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another week of Courtside Fracas, the place where you can get all of your UK-based NBA content coming straight to you uh, from a range of familiar voices. Look, it's, it's been a little bit of a delay since our last episode, probably the longest we've had, so there's lots and lots to get through in terms of the NBA, as we all know, it's such a fast-moving phenomena. This week, uh, myself, Yassine James, I'm joined by Canyon Regular. What's good, bro? You know, just keeping it cracking, keeping it healthy, you know? Lovely stuff. Uh, Mina, long time no pod. What's going on? Yeah, just been mentally preparing for the Lakers to five, Pete, you know? I think it's more to do with, I mean, United won a few games and you ran back to football very, very quickly. And Yeah, it's only a matter of time before I ran back to the All right, cool. And then once opening night comes and there's a few dunks, you'll be, you'll be back on more. Yeah, I'll be back. Maybe, but, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. And then Shaq, fresh off, fresh off um, saying some not very nice things about my boss and the other week, but we thought we'd have, we'd have you back on anyway. Yeah. Um, you know. I hear that, like, you know, I, I speak the truth. If you want to deny it, then go ahead. We'll see. Just more respect to Daniel Tice. He's, he's a cheap, great option. Anyway, you know, listen, a lot, a lot going on in the NBA right now. Um, I mean, first and foremost, we've got our opening games announced. So, league is going to be tipping off on the 22nd of December after a little 11-day pre-season. Um, in terms of the podcast, we've got a lot of vested interest straight away. Opening night games are... Brooklyn Nets against Golden State Warriors. So we've got Sai against Knee and Ire there. And then we've got the Los Angeles Lakers uh, against the LA Clippers in the Derby of Angels. Janine versus Canyon, Mina, Harold, Jeff, when he feels like it. Uh, listen, we've got too many Lakers. This pod has grown and grown and got more yellow and gold and, and purple. Well, okay, Harold's contract, man. We'll Harold, Harold's on a, on a little two-way deal, but... <laughs> Straight away after that, we've got Christmas Day. Christmas Day, um, Nuggets, Clippers, uh, re- rematch of the final um, of the com- conference semi-finals matchup there. Um, and to be honest, look, Clippers are starting their season with uh, the Lakers and the Nuggets. And if they can't get up for those two games after how their season petered out last year, I don't know what's going on for them. But 
plenty more on Christmas Day as well. We've got Nets Celtics, um, Kyrie getting up a bit lightly, not having fans there, but at least he won't say anything silly with his media blackout. Um, Lakers Mavs, LeBron Lucas, something I'm really looking forward to there. Bucks Warriors and Shaq, your boys have uh, been wheeled out of Miami Heat just so Zion can get on TV, apparently, um, just because Adam Silver and the NBA are just determined to make that happen. We have to watch Zion all the time, but it's all good, though. Just out of those ones, what, what were the ones that grabbed you lots of attention straight away? Season's coming back and it's coming back of a bang looking at those pictures. Which ones are really, really grabbing your eye? Golden State immediately. I can't wait for that. You're going to see Curry and his braids too tightly braided. And obviously no clay, no KD, just a busted up Dre and a rookie. I mean, they've got some nice wing, Wiggins and that is nice. But he's going to see KD and Kyrie on his first day. And obviously the first game is always a bit of an exhibition and that, but it can be a beautiful sight to see because I know Draymond ain't shaking his hand. Mina, what one? Mina, are, you, uh, are you just a bit we, excited to get the Clippers in? No, nah, the Clippers, the Clippers and the Lakers is not. It's not an exciting matchup for me. It's it's, it's a competition that they're forcing because there's no rivalry in LA. Noisy neighbors. It's, there's no noisy. It's just as loud as the Etihad. There's no oh. there's no noise coming from the Clippers for me. I'm not threatened by them. I'm looking forward to the Lakers and Mavericks. I think uh, healthy Luca against the Lakers. He's going to be auditioning for his time at the Lakers in a couple of years. So it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting interesting matchup. I think. And yeah, okay, I'm looking forward to KD returning. This to is the problem. Six, six, seven years of, of just nothingness and one little chip in a bubble, asterisk, everything, and you're looking at Luca. Like, anyway, listen, I digress. We've had all the greatest ever players on our team, bar MJ, so you know. Exactly. All right, then. All right, then. Wait, Larry, Larry Bird. Larry Bird. Anyway, uh, Shaq, uh, <laughs> what were you looking for? Obviously, I guess you're, you're going to be locked into your own Miami Heat on Christmas Day, but which of these are, are most interesting to you? Because we've got a lot of factors coming in. KD off an injury, Steph, like Canyon said, having to do it all on himself after a year pretty much off. Um, Nuggets, one of the most consistent teams over the last few years. Clippers, who I don't know how what state they're coming back in. And then the Bucks have a lot to prove as well with some roster moves. What, what one really interests you coming into the new season? So for the new season, it's like, obviously, Lakers, Clippers, you always want to see Bron play. You want to, but it's one of them ones where with a new roster, but you know they're just going to be good. Kawhi, whatever. Obviously, it's good to see the best team in East play Miami Heat on Christmas Day. Like, you know, exciting, not really, but I'm telling people, I'm telling people, it's Kyrie season this season. Okay. Anything to do with Nets, I'm watching it. I'm watching it all. Because you've got KD coming back with a point to prove, and he's going to ball out. And you've got Kyrie coming back with a point to prove. And obviously, like, you know, he's top three point guards in the league. So he's just going to ball out as well. I'm looking forward to anything like that that has Nets stamped on it. Just on the Kyrie thing, right? So obviously I mentioned it a little bit. He's, he's apparently doing a media blackout where mm. he's saying, look, I don't want to speak to media. I want to focus on my game. And I'll put this out on the Twitter. And I don't even mean it. Like, obviously, look, I love watching Kyrie as a player. I think he's probably the most entertaining player in the league just to watch aesthetically for me with the range of finishes and his handle and everything like that. But I'm actually glad just from a fan point of view, and I think everyone is, I think it's better for him. I think the media don't help him, but he don't help himself. I think the Nets are probably a oh, big sigh of relief that they can hopefully rely on that. And I think everyone who does like Kyrie will watch him for a game, love what he's doing, and then have to roll their eyes sometimes after it. Is this just like the best decision he or whoever around him could have suggested it made for him? 100%. That, like, watching him play, I can't not want to watch him play. Listen to his media takes. All right. 
I'm alright. I, I don't really want to hear what Kyrie has to say. Like put ball in hoop. Like I, I like, put ball in. It's, it's like it's like the nicest. Shut up and dribble. No, it's not shut and dribble. As the as the Twitterverse pointed out, this guy does a lot. Like there's never a debate on like his his quality as a person. I think that's where people get a bit mis mis misdirected on it. But the like, come on, bro. Like the guy will say the stuff about who's really the coach. We have many head coaches and then complain about misconstrued content. It's like, bro, you, like, you're a clever guy. You watch your words in it. But, I, yeah, I think the Nets are, are buzzing for that. And I, I, I almost, I, I don't think the Harden saga is over, which we'll get to in a second. But I think they should just keep what they've got going, man. I'm, I'm pretty interested at how that's going to go as well. Um, look, moving on to a, a little bit of news um, in terms of two people with points to prove, two people with points proven in winning the championship last year. Um, me and our canyon, you got some, you got some stuff to celebrate. There's a few contract extensions, okay. You won, guys. I hope you're very happy. <laughs> what a sad little life, Lakers. Um, you know, there's no rules. But uh, a few people surprised in terms of just the length of these extensions. So I mean, LeBron, it is LeBron, and people are gonna say he's aging until he hits probably 56 and is still doing things and has Bronny's kid in the league or whatever. Um, but he's going to be on about 40 million in his 38-year-old season. So he's got another um, two-year extension, 85 million across the two years. More importantly and interestingly, Anthony Davis, who a lot of people were kind of like, okay, he might do a two plus one and have an option. He might just stay till Bron does and whatever. He's fully in 190 million over the five years. I don't even think there's an option in that. There might be, I can't remember exactly, but that's, was you a bit surprised by just the length of it? I was. I was a bit surprised. But then the more I read about it, it makes sense. He was, AD was concerned about his injuries. You know, if he has a career-stricken injury, he'd rather have a five-year contract where he's still getting paid to sit on the bench rather than, you know, being on a two-year, three-year deal. And I also think it shows the confidence that the Lakers have in AD to carry the team forward in the post-LeBron era. Because it's no secret, come like 2023, they'll be looking to probably recruit another star to match up with AD. When you look at the Lakers duos in the history of the Lakers dynasties, they've always been quite young. Whereas this is probably the most oldest duo that we've had. I think like Magic and uh, Kareem were in their early, tw Magic was in his early 20s. Kareem was in his mid late 20s. Um, what's it called? So I think even with Kobe and Shaq, they were in their mid early 20s. So having uh, AD, who's 27, I think, 26, 20, he's 27, and LeBron, this is an old duo, but it's also preparing us for life post LeBron, which I think is perfect. Having a five year contract signing him down for that long. I think as well, one of the things I was. Uh, early podcast, I sort of said, is AD overrated to the point where he's just acknowledged as a top five guy automatically, but then maybe it was the platform, but with Pelicans, obviously there wasn't any playoff runs really to show that and everything like that. And I was impressed by how much he took on his own back in series in the, in this playoffs just gone. But also I was quite impressed at like just watching him and how complete a player he is, how many players you could put around him, um, whether you put him as a sole big man or out more on the perimeter or anything like that. Was there... Was there anything, I know you've had your Lakers party already, but Canyon, Mina, was there anything about AD's performances that actually surprised you and were more than you expected, despite throwing away all of the kids, all of the kids that LeBron made sit by themselves on the bench? Nah, like I said, there's no rules. Like, those with the air to the streets have heard me shouting from the, from the, from the jump that AD is clear of Yanis, but the platform wasn't there. 
So with this, like you can clearly see, this is the type of player is almost like just like a shoe on. You can put him anywhere, try on any shoe, it'll fit just fine because he brings everything to the game. Like you said, he can play with another big man, or worst case, he's playing by himself. And look at the buzzer beat he made of Jokic. This is a seven foot man taking a off a curl three pointer in the dying seconds of a game. Like how many big men can you say have done that in, in their history and made that three in that moment? So you've got him there, of course. 27 and obviously there was some whisperings you'll see on the Twitter um, journalists and so forth saying that there was never an option he was going to sign a two plus one it was pay me my money now because I've earned it and of course I think there's an option for like the fifth year if he takes it or not but by then that fifth year I think he'll be st- probably still in his prime 31 32 if that so really he, they've got him for his prime years and of course we saw obviously by the last few games of the finals when Miami started making sticky and fair play to them. They obviously deserve to because they played great. Like, he was really the man. And it was only those last few games that was like, okay, cool, LeBron, we kind of need you to get us get us over the edge. And I think another thing as well with LeBron's contracts, like, it is what it is at this point. I'm not really going to say anything. Like, I don't agree with it. I don't disagree with it. Like, he's there. If, you're, if he's there, you're probably making the finals. And he's probably got the perfect running mate next to him in the fact that if you look back in the history of people who've won chips, there's Bar, I think, obviously, Steph being Steph. And that first run with Golden State when they first won the first one, the the predominant major player is a big man. Okay, or a wing. They've got to be six for seven plus. You got KD twice. Kobe had tracked the first time. Kobe's still 6'6 six, six as well at the time as well. You've got LeBron and Wade at the time. LeBron is 6'8". So you need a dominant winger or a big man. So this is like the perfect match for LeBron, him aging, being 6'8 himself, but also aging. And we saw in the regular season, like, look, AD was the defensive leader and defensive leader. He led the team in scoring as well. But, of course, it was LeBron having led the league in assists for the first time that was getting kind of applauded. It's like, oh, my God, look, he's playing point guard. He's doing all this, finishing an MVP voting. That we kind of expected that from him. But I think AD Well, LeBron can't like, let anyone have too good a day, obviously. You've got to make sure you're not being... So, I think... Yeah, man. In the I later, think, later, later minutes. It is what it is now at this point. So you, I think you even see it more this year. Like you take an even bigger, I say an even bigger step back. We give you twenty-two points a game. Still the same ten assists, seven rebounds. League leading in assists as well. Growing in the LeBron. No, he's the leader of the team, no doubt. And of course, you'll see him probably playing more games because of the strain isn't on him as much as he used to. Because when he gets to it, I AD just take the ball. So uh, one thing I want to ask, Mina, would you? And you know what, anyone chime in on this, because everybody has a very, very different opinion. And I think it's, I'm interested, the Lakers fans, obviously, it's very nice for you lot right now, because, you know, you're president of basketball operations. He's been doubted, he's been slandered, but we've got to give it up to Rich Paul now, you know, and then Rob Pelinka did all right as well. But um, <laughs> when, when we look at things like clutch, right, and now obviously it all goes back to the decision and 10 years ago, and you look at things like, right, Davis out of New Orleans, that was happening regardless. There was not an executive, not a coach, not a GM, not a nothing who was going to stop that trade. And you talk player power, agent power, everything like this. You've got the most commercial, big business organization in the NBA, Rich Paul, uh, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Clutch Mafia, and then little movements like Harold. All right, yeah, come in for maybe less than you would have got somewhere else, but he just come in because we're all a little circle here. Do better, do add a bit of depth. Can you not? Can you see where this may start 
teetering into into problematic territory if, if power in the league gets too centralized. Like you, you look at things like Yanis, and I'm buzzing if he stays at Milwaukee. To be honest, just because I like people staying where they've come through, and I just because I like coaching and everything like that. I don't. I'm not against player power, but then. I don't like the inevitability of like a Harden, for example, that we're going to come. He's moving. like He is. I don't care what the Rockets say. He is because he wants to. And I don't know. Credit to Rich Paul, man. All respect. But do you think there could be a point in the next few years where LeBron and Rich Paul, especially post-retirement, just have way too much influence over the league? Nah. Could I, ask a I don't see no issue with that. Could I ask of course they won't. Shaq, ask you a question. Ask right, you a question. To, to, into that question, it's kind of like asking you, but asking the room. If it wasn't LeBron doing this, would he be asking this question? No. Yeah. No, nah, I would. I would. I would. Just generally. Just, but that's me because like, would you in, all sports, in all sports, in all sports, I'm quite a big Steph guy on. KD. Say that again. Like, would you have asked it if Draymond and Steph Stephen and got KD? Like, weren't Boston doing little hints? I on didn't like that. You can ask uh, Oggy. I would shit on Golden State every day after KD doing this. I just don't like centralized stuff in league. I don't think it's good for leagues. And I think it's one thing to it's one thing for player to player. So I want to play with him, but I think that the agent nature of it and the the player sort of promotion element of it, all the background, just maybe it's just because we don't know about it. But I feel like that's a next level of power that hasn't been seen in any sport before. I, I like it. Yeah, I like it. Cause and what, what do you like about it? It's because oh, the yeah. point is that LeBron's with Rich Paul, so that's why it looks even more mad, because he's obviously taking control. And what, what you're forgetting as well, like in the first years of LeBron's career, Rich Paul wasn't his guy, had somebody else, obviously, first coming in the league. And if you put it on the other side of the table, players get traded just like that. They don't have any say. And they just get moved across anyhow and be like, listen, mate, you're in Milwaukee now, or you're in LA now. By the way, we're only just going to live in Utah with the Mormons. Yeah? So, it's crazy. So players get traded anyhow. And I think the issue is that Rich Paul is seen to be like disrupting the game and so forth is because it just happens that two of the biggest stars at this point in time, like before the single biggest, LeBron, are two of his main clients, of course. And so when they do something, of course, or they do things in favour for their players, like getting more player, their clients to come and join their team, it looks a bit like almost like um, tampering in a sense. But mm-hmm. for me, I think you're probably going to start seeing more and more players having more influence like that. If it's not Rich Paul and LeBron, it'll be someone else because players in the nature of the league these days, they don't hate each other. Yeah, like the 100%. Reason, like it's the it's very I different like and they all come the through at the same time. I guess your, your point there about Golden State, Shaq, was a good one because, yeah, if it's a Golden State, if it's a LA, if it's a whoever, like we're coming into this league and who are your favourites for the league, Shaq? What, this year? It's Lakers. Yeah. Lakers. Yeah. And it, even look on your face, it's kind of like Lakers. And I think just forget who it is that is a is a is a bad thing, and then that might might just be because it's Bron and AD. They're, even if there wasn't an agent, that'd be a problem in itself. But well, I'm not I'm not necessarily against it. I'm just wondering if people start seeing the combination of the most profitable, marketable organization and the most profitable, marketable player with all the influence and clutch, which has the the power that it does. Like credit to them, they've built it. But as a as a neutral fan, because look, we've got a lot of listeners to this pod who are getting into basketball first time. And I've had one man come to me the other week and just be like, "But they're going to win, alright? So, what? And I was like, it's a bit more complicated than that. But do you get where I'm coming from? Yeah, but for me, it's like, so last year, going into the season, once all the trades had happened, everyone was basically saying, the Clippers are too much. There's no way anyone can beat the Clippers. But it was Kawhi who told the Clippers to get Paul George, otherwise he won't come. But even down to the point of, you got KD, Kyrie, 
KD wanted Kyrie in Brooklyn because they're friends. It happens all over the league. And then even down to the media play a part in these things. How many times did you hear two, three years ago before AD came to Lakers? AD to Boston, like this is what it could be. Uh, now you heard Rockets and Philadelphia switching Harden to play with Embiid. Like, yeah, of course. It's not It's not about big trades. It's just about there's... it. it and it's not now. I don't fairly think it's now. I actually think where we're at in the league now, where every team really has sort of a duo. I don't think anyone's really got a three anymore. I think the talent's pretty well scattered across the league, to be fair. Um, I think it's in a good place. But I do just wonder about, I don't think it's there yet. And I do wonder how much of this stuff is boiled up in the fact, like you said, that it is LeBron and Rich Paul. And if it was Steph and Steve Kerr's brother, maybe not. Um, do you think do you think it's predominantly down to the whole clutch sport thing or do you just think you know in the terms of you know football analogy it's lebron's pulling power people want to come where lebron is i think it's i think it's a bit of both i think if you look at people like Kawhi, there's almost a challenge which i I respect in wanting to not go there (laughs) wanting to kind of take on a lebron rather than join up with a lebron and i think yeah wherever you go if lebron's there then your chance of winning shoots up um but I, yeah, I mean, it's all changing it. Like everyone who's listening will know about the decision and the Miami move, and that has just flipped it's everything. Still playing. If he was retired, no one would care. Obviously, he'll be like, you know, I think they'll kind of appreciate that position way more. The fact is, he's still very much they're probably one of the main two or three competitors that these stars would have in the way of getting a chip. So they're going to be like, why the hell would I join this person or join his agency when in reality, at this point in time, I'm trying to kill him or be here in this situation. Whereas I feel like you saw in the most recent example, like Luke um, LeBron was on the I am Af- uninterrupted and was talking about how he wanted to sign Luca to Person of LeBron brand, um, just like Jordan brand. He ultimately didn't sign with him, but Luca's probably thinking like, hold on, I'm playing against this guy at this moment, and at this point, I want to beat him. I'm beat. I had to beat him on the way to get to the finals if I want to get there. I'm now going to be wearing your shoe and be part of your brand. Come on, bro. Like, if he was retired, it'd be a different story, and people wouldn't care as much. And of course, the old adage of Rich Paul being like the young black entrepreneur, he's made it from nowhere, maybe not got the traditional qualifications and the old school agents are these guys mm-hmm. kind of sit in a stuffy office and do things their way, the conventional way. And he's kind of challenging that, which I respect. And on that point, little little bugbear for me, I couldn't be on a man's team and wear his crips. Like if I was flipping nah. Daniel Tice wearing Kyrie's last year, I nah, can't nah. do that as a man. Anyway, um, moving on from... One people, one one pair of players who've, who've sort of maybe gone about it in one way onto another who we're looking at two very different players who've gone about it completely different ways in terms of their movement. So we've got, we've got the Houston situation. It's long running. It's long rumbling. It's getting tedious, to be honest, for me as well. Um, Russ made his way out. Fantastic for him in a way, in that he got that floor general role that he was reported to have wanted. Uh, he at least gets to play with Bradley Beal, at least for a year or so. Um, and then he actually found a team that had a contract perceived as, as bad as his in John Walls that they could actually make a trade. Before we get on to Russ, because I know I know that's going to take a, a bit of time if the group chat and the Twitter responses showed anything. Harden. So, James Harden... One of the earliest rumours of the summer was James Harden wants out of Houston. That's all well and good. I think it's a bit rich if, if to an extent the Harden one compared to anyone else like an AD. AD, example, small franchise wants to move bigger. Harden is in the house that was built for him and he just wants to move closer to the beach after the investment. Like 
this is his team centered around him. And I think that's where the Rockets are feeling a little bit disappointed. But then the pieces just might not be there and, and he's and he's had his near misses and might want to compete. Where it's getting a bit murky now is there was the Nets rumour. I still kind of have Philly as a dark horse because I don't think the Nets have anything to give, really. But now he's just out cheer. Clubbing was meant to be reporting uh, for workouts with the Rockets. It was meant to be there two days ago or the day after. Steven Silas, who I feel a bit bad for, he thought he was coming in to coach Westbrook and Harden and has just coached the best offense in the NBA. And he's done with Doncic almost a better version of what's been done with Harden in a way as a watchable thing. Uh, no, he's walked into a dumpster fire and Harden... Um, Rockets have said he's coming back and they expect him to. Silas, the new coach, has said you're going to have to ask him what he thinks. Poor John Wall's there putting up shots with his dodgy Achilles and knee and everything else saying, no, no, Harden does want to stay. And it's all just a bit of a mess. <sighs> this don't look good for Harden, like in terms of optics. We want to talk about kind of the right way to go about things. Yeah. What would, you, what would be the right way? Right way is just do it behind closed doors. Show up, do it like show up to workouts. Like if I'm if I'm who PJ Tucker, I'd just be thinking, bro. Like if I have, I'm not James Harden, so I can't just miss a workout. You know, I'll be a pariah in the league. Just show up to workouts. Don't be putting in indirect Instagram stories out that just to get a rise out of people. Talk, we're going to talk a bit about the NBA and COVID. Maybe don't be flying in the face of what everyone in the league is having to abide by right now. Mm. That's that's the only thing I could think, and and especially especially the coach. Look, you've got a new coach coming. He's a quality young coach. We, who knows if he wants the coach there or whatever? I don't know. Tip him off, like get things done early. Just yeah, wait for the right move. But the upfront, you don't want to be there. It all just seems a bit murky, and I don't know if it's leverage or the Rockets are still hoping to keep him. I don't know, but I I almost. Yeah, I almost want it to just happen early. A, so it's not tedious. B, so it just doesn't get worse and he doesn't show up wearing a That's All Folks t-shirt like AD did. I, mean, I think he's mentally tapped out from Houston. Yeah, I think from when he when he was asking to get shipped out, I think that's when he's mentally tapped out. So right now, he's, waiting. he's probably playing the waiting game to find, until Houston finds some, some somewhere that's a better fit for him, but also works in the favour of of Houston because at the end of the day the team is going to put the, their plans before they put his career first and I don't blame them well this is the thing they've got him for two years Kawhi and Spurs thing like Harding yeah. gave his destination where he wanted to go same same way Kawhi did as well you are where you want to go Nets but Nets aren't going to give you Kyrie or KD I doubt it anyway Neither. and we could maybe get picks and pieces from here I mean this is the one problem why like in the last thing we was talking about where players have power Right now, the team basically can tell you, yeah, you're going to go and play in Phoenix or you're going to go and play in Charlotte, wherever. And this but then this is this is the thing know. where Harden does a two plus one because he wants that free. That's where I think players exercise their power in a, in a good way is just shorter contracts. And then free agency, do we want? Yeah. They, they can't trade fucking Harden. For, we've talked about it on the pod before. It's, I like Spencer Dinwiddie and that. Like, <laughs> but come on, bro. Drew Holiday went for. So automatically, I'm, I said it already, Drew Hol- it's Drew Holiday's fault that Harden's not gone anywhere. Not because of the level of player that Drew Holiday is. It's the fact that Drew Holiday got so much for him. They got Drew so Holiday's much. got five, well, three first round picks, two pick swaps in the first round again, best best swaps. Okay, so cool. And Harden. a Bledsoe who's serviceable. Like Harden to Nets just, uh, I, for me, I'd take Ben Simmons and run personally, because I don't think they're getting a better offer there and he's young enough to build around. 
But if you're Harden, what, what do you look at Houston as? They've got Christian Wood in decent perimeter player. They've got um, Boogie in, who I don't know what their relationship's like. Obviously, he's a bit cropped. Got John Wall in. We'll talk about that trade in a minute. <laughs> it's not, not a great one. They look. They got rid of Covington. They look like they're in breakdown mode and just yep. kind of getting names for the sake of it. Well, the... Is that you have to ask as well? Because they've tried everything with Harden. I'm not going to lie. So for, firstly, we've had... I'm not saying it's all his fault, of course. There's been extenuating circumstances. They've had Capella there at first, the big man. You need the big man, small man, one-two punch. That didn't work at first. They're now brought in Chris Paul. It's well documented that they don't get along, but they want to win. So they'll, they'll put that aside, as most teammates can do anyway. And it worked. Uh, and it worked. It did. It worked. And no one can say it didn't work because, unfortunately, Paul got cropped, of course, and then Golden State came away with it. Um, there's caveats to that, of course. And maybe say, maybe say Golden State, but we're going to watch them and maybe they shouldn't have sort of zero for 27 or whatever from three in the last few minutes. Like, cool, these things happen. But in reality, there's been an ample opportunity to do these things. And going back to like, the player power thing, it's like a weird conundrum. Like, I understand that players have the power and they want to move and stuff. But he's also got like two years or two, there's two years left guaranteed, including this year, before he can go be an unrestricted free agent. And that's 40 million each. You've got to kind of realise the situation you're in. Like, either make the best of it, or like you said, it's a Kawhi situation. Like, I want to go here. And, and his age plays like, into it as well. He's, yeah, he's 31, 32. He's got two years left at Houston. He's going to be 34. He ain't getting a, a huge, a huge chunk of contract elsewhere after free agency. This is, this is saying he falls off a cliff. Who knows? He could just be the same guy and get similar kind of money because that's where the league is headed. And they'll probably sign an extension next year, wherever he is anyway, because I think that's what he's looking for. Like, the next team he goes to, he's going to want to sign an extension. Because after this year, he's only got one year guaranteed. And even though he's had all that tax-free money in Houston, like, he's only 32, your career ain't done. And this is a top-five-level player. That we're what do about. you think, Shaq? Shaq, because uh, I know you like the whole players do what they want. That's cool. Let's, obviously, we're taking a report at face value. And in the same report that first broke about this um, on The Athletic, it said that he was committed. So that one thing was clearly wrong. So the other stuff might be wrong as well. But in that, there was a big thing about Russ just being like, what is this culture in terms of accountability? And what is this circus around Harden where you can't say nothing to this guy because it's just his world in Houston? They wanted He wanted Paul, didn't want him out. Wanted Westbrook, didn't want him, uh, didn't work. And he's got, like, he's, obviously it's been built around him so, so much. They've bought into this guy like no other player in the league. And then, and arguably help make him who he is. Obviously, players are the ones who really do that. But took him off a six-man role in OKC. And yeah, yeah and I just thought, it's just a bit of a sour way to end if it keeps on going like this. Do you, how do you think Houston should be approaching this? Like, do they have the right to be vexed? See, I, I get the Westbrook part where it's the accountability part because I, I, I forgot what game it was, but he blamed a player on his team for moving too much on the free throw line. Oh, Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers. How you, how can you blame someone like like <laughs> a sniper? You're, you were in my eyeline or something like that. Moving contested threes every day. What a free throw. Like the accountability thing I get, and it didn't work with a lot of people. I understand that. And this is why I think it's hard to even think of a trade that works for him besides Philly, really and truly. But how the team has to go by it again. I think a bit of accountability has to go towards D'Antoni's system is also what built James Harden to be how he is. Mm. Just shoot, 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 keep shooting. And once it falls, you shoot a bit more. Um, and like the whole team understood that like they don't take layups. They don't drive to the hoop at all. The organisation, I mean, could they have handled the situation better? 
You have Ross who says he wants to play and doesn't, them, them two allegedly came out and said they don't want to play together. Harden said he wants to leave, but you traded Russ. So I don't get it. It don't make any sense. It's confusing. It's, a confu- like, it's not like a clear rebuild. It's like yeah. confusing him with names that he might know around the league. And it's what they got for him. It's honest, what I think they could have done, and like for me, I'm trading Russ regardless because it's Russell Westbrook. But okay. I would trade Harden for Ben Simmons, get Ben Simmons and maybe like a little satin satin on with it. Then you trade Russ for something that benefits Ben Simmons. Mm. Not trading for John Wall. You yeah, and, and that can fix I mean, I'm surprised the Philly thing hasn't raised its head more, to be honest. I think like it's the only... You think Maury's going to go back to them lot? There's no way. He's not. Maury, Maury's at the jackpot. He's not saying, listen, mate, I'll take that guy off your hands. Well, like, apparently Maury is obsessed with Harden. Yeah. Like, that's, that's the thing. So so he, he's as much a, uh, responsible for everything as D'Antoni yeah, is. He might be obsessed, yeah. Let's also forget this is Mr. Statistic. Like, he's brought Maury Ball to the league. And I'm not being funny, but this is Ben Simmons. Once he's, he's people obviously figure out he's a power forward and not a six foot ten point guard, he's going to be even more dangerous than what he already is. And this is a 22-year-old, 23-year-old Ben Simmons. And you're trading him for a 31-year-old Harden. I understand on paper it makes fantastic sense because this is James Harden. You can't give up on him. You can't, like, say no to a star. But, bro, some so of you... Ben, so ben, ben Simmons and B don't work. It yeah, and, it, I know, and and this is the thing with this is the, this is the classic thing: basketball, football, fucking any sport, NFL. He's twenty two, so he's gonna be like this at twenty eight. Is not a sure now. thing. Yeah, I know mm. that, but look what he is now as well. And also with Embiid, you kind of know he's even motivated or he's not. He's. And I he's don't get me started on Embiid. Embiid is to me what Westbrook is to you lot. So I don't need to get started. I agree. <laughs> that guy is the joke of a franchise player in terms of how he looks after himself and competes. It's, it's, it's sad to see. Happy for me, sad to see for, for everyone in Philly. Um, look, let's let's move on because we've mentioned Westbrook a couple of times and it's kind of the elephant in the room. Just before that, Shaq Harden stays, leaves. If he goes, where does he go? It has to be a Philly trade. It's the only team that makes sense both ways, I guess, to an extent. And if it is anywhere else for something like picks, like the Paul George trade, etc., then Harden's done out here. Canyon, does he stay? Does he cut? If he cuts, he stays. I'm purely because the money don't fit. Like the Russ situation was just pure luck of the draw. Like these two injured point guards earn the same amount of money, more or less. And just a Spider Man meme of uh, the deal. Here's a pick. Expensive Spider Man meme. I'm telling you, where I think Ben Simmons <laughs> is making just under 30 a year and Harden's making 42. Like, unless you're willing to take the massive cap hit. And I'm I, a bit I would more. get rid of Tobias Harris because oh. <laughs> no one's taking Tobias Harris for that no one. Taking Tobias. They just binned off Horford. You can't keep binning your. You can't Listen, keep if they get rid of Harris and Horford in the same summer, Maury needs to be investigated because that's not that's not that's not. There's okay. only so many times you can throw a crisp packet in the street and somebody will pick it up. I'm telling you. Does he Does he cut? Is Canyon right that the money don't work to go anywhere? Money don't work. Get his way. Yeah, I think he stays. I think he ain't going anywhere. I don't think he's leaving Houston. All right, look, elephant in the room, Russell Westbrook, everybody's favourite player, except for Shaq's size, uh, half our Twitter followers, apparently. Um, he has gone in this trade. John Wall and a first-round pick to Houston. Russell Westbrook from Houston to the Washington Wizards. It actually sounds sadder when I say it out loud. Um, the pick... Isn't even that much to to doubt about. It's like lottery protected so much that it doesn't really go anywhere until four down the line. 
Um, so yeah, it's, it's not much of a pick. It, everyone says the pick was like a great, no, I don't mean nothing. Let's just, let's just get this right. The fact that people were debating who has won this trade is rude. That is rude. John Ball's not played a game in two years. Not even, like, I'm not saying a meaningful game. We haven't seen the guy in two years. Russell Westbrook has his faults, was injured in the bubble. Even peak John Wall. It was peak John Wall better than... No, he wasn't. And respectfully to all our yeah, he was. Like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. Because even though me... I'm sick of a triumphant bite of food after saying that. You've been waiting I've, to say that all night, chat. I've sold my stocks in, in Westbrook, don't get me wrong. However, in very rare cases... Mostly on Twitter in the majority of so limited characters, the 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 character assassination of Russ is quite lazy. And while people can accept his flaws, but I think people get quite lazy with their analysis. And I know Shaq's a serious hater of Westbrook, but I can accept his stance because we understand where he falls short. But some people say, "Oh, all he does is dunks. All he does is this." And of course, he's fallen off. Like we can accept that, and he might not be the player he once was. But at the same time, COVID and the injury ruined him. But it's regular season. His highest shooting percentage on the field. 27, 7 and 8. Like, these are numbers. It's, it's, it's December. What, what was that shooting percentage? January, Canyon, January of this year, he was the most on-formed player in the NBA. That's what I'm talking. So, recency bias. What was that shooting percentage? 48%. And it's the highest ever for him. I, I never said it was good. But hold on, but hold on. This is the thing, though. Like, everyone was like, oh, he'll never learn. And then the passes, you know, were still a bit in the playoffs. There was still some just moments where you're thinking... What is going on? What are you doing? It's very hard. But he was within a system like he hasn't been before. He was driving, kicking, efficient, effective. He was shooting less. He was fun to watch. He was he was trying, I guess, to bring a more accountable culture to Houston. He made Houston watchable for me. I hated watching Houston. In, this is in, what I mean. But can this I? But I can mean. I? Exp- I the one thing I'll put into that one is this. So in the, in the season, he was quite successful in a sense. It's because Houston done a big trade of getting rid of Capella to accommodate him. They played five out officially. No big man was in the paint, basically. And it made sense in the regular season. But when it comes to most games, especially when teams are locked in, you cannot rebound. And yeah, Mr. 10 rebounds a year, there's no one boxing out for you. So realistically, it did accommodate him and he played well and it looked well for him. But it it messed the team up. You know what? I agree because... While that's not his fault, of course, that's like you said, it's more down to D'Antoni's system. Like, of course, the offense is like you said, the offense is going to look great in the regular season, but at the same time, like when people get locked in on defense in the playoffs, the offense has become a lot slower, they're not as spread out as much. So, maybe his game and the driving and kicking won't be as effective, which is fine to see. As we saw, he really struggled this playoffs because of his injury, and he clearly cannot shoot. Like, this is a serious shortcoming. However, <laughs> yeah. there's no way in hell. I want to hear comparisons of John Wall, who's not played in two years, and all he's done is throw up gang signs for people he's not even affiliated with. So for me, it's not right, who's a better shooter? He's a better shooter, but guess what? Still John Wall's a better shooter. John Wall's not a great shooter. John Wall's not a good shooter like that, but he's a better shooter. He, when he was on form, was averaging ten assists in the league. This is like as two well. homeless people calling each other bums. You both stink. No, no, this is where I think the debate's got too far. I feel like. Me, before I ask you this, Mina, where are you on Westbrook in one sentence? Where am I? The, oh, one man. Sentence. I know Westbrook demands a lot more than three that. T- three teams in three years. That's a bit... 
Three teams. So we'll question you years. as a player if you've three been teams in, three in three years. years. Three okay, years. but he's gone. He's gone to one and said, "You know what? This isn't for me." As opposed to potentially that team saying that he's not for them. Arguably, according to reports, OKC decided to just blow up. So you know, it's not. It's not like he's being passed around. Arguably, but yeah. that's a fair point, and and we'll see what happens at Washington. So you're maybe not the maybe not a Ross Venger. Three years and then twenty seven. This is why I'm going to ask Mina because. I know where Canyon is on this. I know where Shaq is on this. I know where a lot of people on this. When I when I hear the, the Russ chat, right? Look, MVP three years ago, Prime three years ago, 29, 28 years old, OKC, the OKC thing's done. The OKC title window is done. I feel like the debate on Westbrook, like Westbrook is no longer a main franchise title winning player. I don't, I don't, I don't, that's that's cool. I kind of get he never, that. He never has been. But it, that's cool. But I feel like the debate is still around that. When it when it should kind of just be all right, maybe not, but he's still an effective, competitive, talented NBA player that is, according to the courtside countdown, somewhere in the top twenty in the league, which is a league of 400, 500 guys. Now look, I know it's forty million. I know that this the the rusting comes naturally with the people who are will never let it die. But I feel like. Bum for bum, Westbrook, Westbrook, you can't say like you can't say he's a bum. One thing I like about Westbrook, and I think I can obviously ask... a good player. Where I think the debate's just stuck in 2011. No. Sorry, Mina, go on. Well, Let one me... thing that I can argue about Westbrook is that he's played with the likes of KD, George, Harden, and he brings out the best around those guys when he plays with those guys. John Wall, he played. Bradley Bill has had his best season. Whilst he was out. So, arguably, I'll take Westbrook over Wall any day of the Arguably. Stop for a lot. This is rude. This okay, is but rude. I'll, I'll say one thing, though. And this is where I, I tie in. So, we, we discussed, like, and my main thing about Russ is he's not an A player. Same way as, like, Kyrie as well. Like, he's a B player. He needs to be the elite. I think, I think he's a B B-plus player with an A-plus debate level. And that's the problem. I'm not even talking about like his quality. I'm saying like in the team, there's A, B, C, D, E. Yeah, I hear he that. I hear that. He's not going to be your player. first option, of course. He needs to be the second option, maybe the third option. Same as like a Kyrie needs to be the third option. I think Dame Lillard needs to be the third, third option. Players like that. But, <laughs> sure but yeah, I, 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 we can pod another day. But the thing about Russ is, like, Kyrie will take the back seat with KD and he knows it most likely. He'll be the well, B player. Kyrie's had to learn that, though. 100% he had to, but he learned it with LeBron. But legit, Le- Russell Westbrook has played with KD, Paul George, and Paul George having his best year and probably a better year than... than, than um, and he was the B player then, to be fair to him. He was the B player then. I, he, he was, but then what happened when he was the B player for one year? He then wanted to be the A player again. And then James Harden, he was the B player and then wanted to be the A player again. So he has the mentality, he has the, the quality of being the second option. I think, and I he- think the Beal the thing is going to be interesting on that because I think I think the Harden one, the report is floor, floor general, right? And yeah, okay, yeah. he could take that as he wants to be eight or he could take that as I just can't play this game where the ball is in this guy's hands for, for 30 minutes of 48. That is an extreme, right? So what I'm interested, this- I think you're right. I'm interested to see how much he enables Beal. And I think that will say a lot about how how effective Washington will be? Yeah, because they've got shooters, like they've got an abundance of them. Like, they're a funny cool. little team. They're, they're they're not great. Let's let's let's. Oh, oh Washington are trash. They're they're bad. They're awful. But they have they have a few shooters. They have they have Davis Bertans. Uh, obviously, they've got Beal. Um, they've got 
Thomas Bryant, decent Thomas Bryant is like the weirdest center ever where he can't really defend anything, but he can shoot well for a big, burly fella. Like, look, they're okay. And, they got, and this is the thing as well with Russ, and I think it, uh, maybe I'm projecting a bit, but this is what I kind of saw with the, with the Washington workouts. And I guess this, I'll I tell you what, this is, Shaq, you say, what would I rather Harden do? I think it says a lot just about the men that Harden's out wherever, purposely like just taking the mick. And Russ has gone to Washington. Listen, this guy did not want to go to Washington. Come on. And he's immediately, according to these reports, just come in and been like, right, boom, I'm here. Let's do what we can to win. We've got a lot of young guys here. Like, they've got decent little young pieces there. Apparently brought an amazing intensity and standard to the session. He's gone to a coach that knows him very well in terms of he can oh, run a lot of the OKC stuff. Um, there was a funny quote that came out where he said, coach, you're still running all of the same stuff, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But... <laughs> that's a horrible thing. That's a horrible thing. Um, but it's good for us. It's good for us. Last year, like we were saying that like, he doesn't want to be with this guy who's pounding the ball for 30 minutes. Russ was top six in player usage rating all season. Whilst with the other building, he was also in the top six. Whilst with other, another guy who's in the top six. And then Bradley Bill is top seven because he's number seven. Like, it's, I think it's you're going to the same kind of system, different players. <laughs> It'll yeah. be similar because it will be a lot of drive and kick and it'll be a lot of this. I get that, but I, I, it can't be as extreme. Like, surely that's yeah, Houston. Houston is a madness. very, very big extreme. Like you can watch them people and some either Russell Harden will hold the ball for 20, 20 seconds more or less. And last second, either dish it off or take a and you a, saw it against the Lakers. You saw it against the Lakers. Watch. It's the horrible to watch. And I don't Terrible think possible. I really don't think that will fly with Washington. I say that even though it's still Scotty Brooks there, but I think even though they still they still stink in as respectfully I can say that, they've still got something that can be made of that team. Like you said, some good young guys there and they're not going to want to stand and watch Russell Westbrook at 32 dribble the ball for 20 seconds. As well with Bradley Beal there as well. So you would hope he has enough sense to make it. To make just, just last little word because this, this is the benefit of doing a podcast at this time of night in the UK and that the West Coast is about six, seven hours behind. So Stephen Silas has been asked again, yo, where's Jimmy at? Um, he's not there and he has a reason, but that's on him to tell whoever what that reason is. That sounds like a pissed off parent. Anyway, just just as that is more up to date. Look, what do you, what do you, Shaq, think Westbrook needs to do at Washington to turn that move, which can be seen as a bit of an embarrassment, into a success? What, what needs to be his kind of late career arc there for you as a detractor? I honestly will tell you this for free. One, like, everyone would have taken Russ in this trade, so technically the Wizards won. Like, trolling is trolling, but the Wizards won. But there's absolutely nothing that this guy can do because more time than not, all what people will look at is, what is he going to do? Another 27, 10 and 10 and then in the playoff... Uh, yeah, then say, some, say something unrealistic then, but what, as you, as a detractor, what would you actually need to see? Like, let's get this... Win. Win what at Washington? Win win relative oh, to where they are? Said they sound unre- unrealistic. Win yeah, but hold on. So what's winning, though? Because he's not going to finish top of the East. Oh, no. Oh. Win the chip. Miami didn't finish top of the East. Go ahead. Right. Show, show right. me something. And this is... I think this is the rust thing in the microcosm, I like. Like, bruv, like, he's got to be able to do something where you could be like, you know what, fair play, he's made the most of that. But this is the thing, though. So we're talking about a guy who's not made the most of playing with Kevin Durant, James Harden, um... Well, James Harden twice now, in a sense, you can say that. Now you're playing with another person who I think is an elite player. Well, not an elite, but a very, very, very good player. Sorry, I forgot to mention Paul George, Serge Barker, 
like we're talking about good plays and had good rosters yeah, around him. You've then. got a load of people. And he's not, he's not made the most of it. Why would I think he's going to make the most of it again? Like Bradley with Bradley Beal, who's had the best season of his life, as Mina said so far, playing as the A player. We know you like to be the floor general and the A player. Will it work? I doubt it. What I what I would need to saying see. That though, saying that though, Bradley Beal is a shooting guard. If we're going to take it down to traditional things, so obviously it might be a bit easier. I say easier because obviously Russ is then everyone knows what he can bring. So he's going to score twenty five, whatever. But now the fact that Washington have another option is not 99% on Bill to do everything there. So let's, you'll see, I don't, I don't think he's going to score 30 again. No, so and, and also look, you've got to look at the organisation that are taking him in, right? If I'm a Washington fan, thank God I'm not. But that, when, when, okay, they had the little wall flirt with the playoffs and they had a good series against the Celtics mm-hmm. about four years ago, three years ago. But in general, like, that franchise, have, what have they done? Do you think they'll have high expectations? No, yeah, not at all. Now can't. that Westbrook is there, they can't. They can't. They can't. They can't. But, but if they can be, compa- I think if they can be, if they could look, he's not. He's not going to win a ring until it's unless it's a, a late sixth man ring. We call that will always be a thing on him that the detractors say, and I hear that. But if he can come into Washington and set a standard where they're young pieces, like I don't know how high I am on people like Rui Hachimura and whatever, but. Let's say the young pieces benefit from him being there. Bradley Beal benefits from being there and he's happy enough to stay there as a result. And they start becoming seventh, eighth regularly. As a, and then this playing nonsense that goes down to 10th or 11th now is, you know, it's open yeah. the door. But, but look, if that franchise over, overlaps Orlando, overlaps Detroit, overlaps um, who else is around that sort of area, you're talking about trash teams, by the way. Yeah, but this is it. This is where Washington, Washington are right down there with him. Like, and then Charlotte, Charlotte up with Lamelo and Gordon Haywood. So they're looking to at least knock on the door of the play-in tournament. The Bulls are re-getting there a little bit. They're putting things together. They're not great. Um, and then the, the top of the East is getting more cramped in terms of the Celtics are set for a few years. The Nets are set for a couple of years. Uh, Toronto are just always going to be well-coached. And then you have the obvious in Miami who are set for years. So, so that top six, Indiana could drop out, but that top five is set. So he's got three places to go. And if he can get into that sixth or seventh with a franchise like that, I, that's a massive testament to his impact there. Yeah. Yeah. Will he do it? No, I don't think so, but it's nice to hope. I, mean, I like, We all got a hope sometimes, you know. Look, I think one place, this is, this is pivoted nicely into where I kind of want to finish because... Anyone has kept, actually, you know what? No, there is one more thing I want to get before I get onto the Twitter. There is all this chat, despite the fact that this season is uh, still in very much a COVID world. So a lot of NBA stuff has come out recently. So Trailblazers, three positive tests, and then they just shut off their training facility and deep cleaned it. Toronto, three positive tests, probably other clubs that you know suspect them and aren't, aren't releasing those publicly. Um, Chris Haynes at Yahoo says that there is new resting policy where basically load management isn't excused. They're so keen and so keen to not lose fan interest this season on all of the movability and all the movement and selection and deselection due to COVID this year. They want the healthy guys playing. So you can see the league is shitting themselves a bit, a little bit that with that hundred thousand dollars, at least for anyone who they feel is being, um, which is pittance we know, but you know, at least it's something. Um, and then you're looking at what they're actually saying on their new health protocol. So it's 150 page document 
Um, the teams wrecking their head about how they're going to do it. They've already limited travel a little bit. Twice a week, twice a week testing for household members of players and staff. Um, league is in, in heart, encouraging players to enhance their protection. And what they mean by that is basically um, asking players to kind of create their own mini bubbles. So not allowed to enter bars, lounges, clubs, live entertainment, gaming, public gyms, pool areas, large indoor gatherings. Uh, there is an approved restaurant list on trips coming. So Lou Williams might want to sneak the wings place in there. Um, I don't think it will be included. But yeah, they want to fully privatise, like hired out restaurant. Now, look, the reason I sort of say this is you look at um, how concerned they are and they're talking also the most interesting bit about um, fines, suspensions, adjustment, or loss of draft choices or game forfeits. That's the, the wording that's come out from the NBA if they feel that clubs and players are not looking after this seriously enough. So number one, I think, I think this is going to be a really weird year in terms of availability and seeding and young players coming onto the scene that maybe people didn't expect. Canyon, I know you've looked a little bit about how the NFL have dealt with this because they're a little bit of a precursor. On the one hand, they're not as sensible an organization as the NBA. They have 53-man squads as well. But then on the other hand, they're not indoor venues. So it's easier to sort of spread people about and everything like that. So, And they've had their issues. They've postponed weeks of fixtures and they don't have 72 bloody games. So from what you've seen on the NFL, how optimistic or, or not optimistic are you with this season even going off? Like, let's remember, they haven't even released the second half of the schedule from March because they're like, let's see. So they definitely have more hope, but I know NFL stadiums are mostly getting fans in now, but very small amounts. But in terms of how they split it up, so even from the preseason, what they were doing, of course, in general, was splitting up offense and defense as they do in general for their trainings. But even so much more so where they actually split it into very much into groups. A lot of them built new facilities in their facilities in order to harness that extra space in order to make it work. And the issue is, I think, was the fact that they've got so many people on their teams, which is why it was an issue. Because you're looking at 53 or 52, no, 55 different bubbles that are being created. And so you've got that. And you've got people that are traveling to the games, of course. And there's going to be like some small form of cross-contamination in that. I think it's just the fact the sheer number of people on the teams just made it difficult. And I think they've actually done pretty well. But no one's surprised at the fact that they're getting these tests coming up more and more positive just because of the fact that they're traveling to numerous states where the rates are very much different. Mm. So that, And of course, America is huge. You're not going to get the same issue with the Premier League. Even and America different. is fucked as well. Um, I watched, I watched the Kansas City Chiefs last night. Um, <laughs> Played Denver, the Broncos. I'm not. I, I like the NFL. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not religious. But uh, a guy, he's just gone. He's a linebacker or whatever. He's just been in a man's face, or man on top of him. Exactly. Everything, everything. And he's taken the helmet off and he's put the mask on. And he's gone to sit down next to someone. So. And he's gone to sit down in between two fellas. Like it's like. And the NBA, to be quick, look, the NBA bubble was incredible. Like no coaches, players, or staff playing staff, club staff got it. That is mad. That if I want that we know, that we know. Maybe that's why like Daniel House had to go. Yeah. But it's a lot easier. Uh, yeah, but the, the this no the non bubble stuff, man. Like people that get in a bubble in the NBA, that alone is that that alone for the whole NBA that was like in the bubble, which was like God knows how many eight teams, or whatever, in each conference. That alone is maybe three NFL teams. 
in yeah. number alone. Mm. So automatically the numbers are already skewed there. And so, of course, there's the body content they will get in and people might not be religious as rules. I just think the issue is they're traveling and you're going to see more cases popping up in the NBA now just because of the fact that people have been at home and people are going to be a bit more lax at home and you've got the people who weren't in the bubble in the NBA and so forth. So even though a lot of these guys have young kids and stuff, some mixing is inevitable. So, and people have been spending time with their families. So I think the NBA still has scope to do better than the NFL because they were just so on it the first time and they were pretty pioneering in the world of sports other than the UFC who kind of got onto it first. So I think the, the NBA does have the scope to do quite good, but it's also very smart, of course, that they released the season in two parts because they're probably anticipating the fact that if we get this first half done, who knows what's going to happen with the second. And then the NFL ain't got that luxury because it's 16 games. So they kind of need to get out of the way. And that's, again, that's on their side a little bit, you know, um, and they still have to postpone game weeks and everything. Like, I think the other side of things is, is for me is like, you look at this the training camp is what two weeks yeah this year and then they they haven't you have the usual rest and then they're doing training camps but i think i believe they're quite limited as well in what people are doing they're not full scrimmages yet boy like the injuries i think we've seen it in football we've it's seen it sky high i think premier league yeah like i think and that's that's again the it's real, real worry. it's gonna be much worse what they have done is they've at least rosters are basically 17 man deep now because the two-way guys are basically able to spend the entire time and play like 50 games with the team so rosters have spread out a little bit so it'd be interesting but I'd be really interested to see if the NBA do stick to this fine suspensions adjustment or lots of, lots of draft choices and uh, someone might need to tell James Harden that depending on where he, where and there's no marijuana testing anymore this season yeah because people need a break I guess from what they need to let fans back in, though. Like, the way I see it is... I don't think America's in a position to do that. The NFL has, but it's the endorsed it thing, isn't it? Yeah, but if you've got season ticket holders and it's a stadium that holds 15,000 people, if it's 3,000 season ticket holders, sit them four seats apart, spread around... In- so the Golden State Warriors applied to the city of San Francisco to do it, and I believe for them to do it, it would have cost them over $30 million just for all the infrastructure needed. And and with that, the city, no, but the city, <laughs> the city still rejected it. They were like, yeah, cool, but no. So, boy, it's, it's going to be a strange season. Look, I just wanted to touch on that because... Huh? NFL money is different money as well because that's America's sport. It's America's sport. It's sponsorship yeah. alone. They don't care about some yeah. politically correct basketballers. Trying to get paid again, as we saw when the interest falling yeah, down. Whereas in America, if, if, if you can't throw it, then yeah. losing the Trump supporter ratings has probably hit a few pockets. And China killed. Um, look, <laughs> dipping over to the last last bit of the podcast, and this is something that a lot of the people who are interactive on our Twitter, which shout out if you are, it's not even just the people following and replying and quote tweeting for the debates. Like we get DMs on the account, which I love because people will just chime in and be like. That's bullshit. I it's sick. It's ledge, man. Like I love everyone who's getting involved in these chats. It's 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 a bag of fun. Like we're still what the newest sort of podcast like this out, and the support's been mad. Now, one thing we have done is the courtside countdown. Now, just to be crystal clear, Shaq, did you do a list? No. Ah, all right. That's why you're here trying to take shots at everybody else's. So, you know, mm. um, it's easy. It's easy to do that from the from the the. If you asked me, I would have I would have sent one. And it would have been this. Read, read, read the group. Anyway. Oh, <laughs> uh, maybe in a bit late. In a bit late. Late edition. Late. edition. Deadline day move. Um, we have come... How do I word this? We've got a communal vote. So 
how it's worked is I will do a 20, Mina will do a 20, Canyon will do their 20, everyone will do their 20. And then based off where people are, they have a, a point score accredited to there. So if I put uh, John Rondo number one, like I did, uh, no, I didn't. Um, and Canyon puts, I don't know, Lakers legend like Derek Fisher or something, 12, 20, um, then, you know, and someone else does it the other way around, they'll both be locked on 10. Like, it's, it's kind of that way. So some people are seeing the things and just being like, what? Now, they don't understand this is causing strife within the group as well. There's been a lot of words said today as it was Westbrook, Paul George, 48 hours. Let's just roll through these 20 to 16 that, that have been on the Twitter. So, and I want to get whether you think is high, low, just right, and where you've had these players on yours. So number 20, we started off Bradley Bill which I thought was high for Bradley. But I like Bradley. I, I thought it was a bit low. Low. I think it was a bit low. Based yeah, on the past low. few seasons that he's I had, I think it was a bit low. low. I think I had him a bit higher. I had him a bit higher. Than these that. seasons have been in the doldrums of the East. I think that's the kicker. And he, he got snubbed as an all-star, but he should have been higher, to be fair. Kawhi won a chip in the East. Like, it happens. What? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Kawhi won a chip. <laughs> It was a good Bradley team. Bill, like. Bradley Bill's got an early holiday every year. Yeah, it happens. But like, you can only play what's in front of you. And this I is it. This is fluent as well, man. Th- things don't stay the same the same year in year out. So I think based on this year's merit, like you could easily see him. All right. So I'm I'm interested. Then where was Bill on yours? Where was Bill oh, on no. you? Let me give that gander for you right now. I had him. Mina had Mina had the list ready. I know. Yeah, no, I had him 17. Wait, I had him. I had him. Twenty third. I had him eighteen. Twenty third. That's a disgrace. The fact is, someone who's not played in the year and could never even put a thirty if he tried to, like Clay Thompson. I had him twenty third. I think Bradley Boo is a very nice young man, a good player. Twenty third best. He's the second um, shooting guard in the league, buddy. Uh, what you say? The best. He's the second best. Second best. All right, cool. All right, all right. Listen, Bradley Bill. I think I think people generally weren't too unhappy with that one anyway, and you know. 20, one man's 23 is another woman's 17. So that's cool. We, we agreed on 20. That's, that's perfect medium. Well done, Mina. And then next up, it was a sad one, really. In the 19th, we had the non-dribbler himself, um, Clay Thompson. Now, now that is a B player. Now, this is the thing. This was a difficulty one with Clay in that as much as we wanted to kind of say, if everyone's fit and you had to pick someone to win this year, that was kind of the thinking. And he's not. He's bust up his other leg after doing the first one. So that is in people's minds. 19, high, low, just right? Probably a bit high, but just right, maybe. A bit high. He had his hand, uh, hands on his head. You, know, um, you know what? I wouldn't say it's high. It's just right, but it's high because why would you take Clay over Bradley Bill? But it's exactly. all right. Exactly, but what Clay can defend and Clay's won championships. Bradley Bill can dribble the ball. I put put Clay ahead of Bill, but just about. But just about. Clay played with Steph Curry and KD. Of course, he's going to win championships, and not only that as well. But but his contributions to the championships it weren't invisible contributions. He he won a title before KD got it. Or when when Curry was injured. The main workload of a guard, meaning make your own shot, dribble, and all of this, Clay ain't got it. And it's not like well, a shooting guard, shooting guard, three and D. Just, no? They just have to shoot. Ray <laughs> Allen was doing it. It wasn't a problem. 
No, no, no. And Ray Allen was doing it. Ray was doing it. It wasn't an issue with Ray Allen. Ray Allen used to dunk on people, I'll have you know, actually, in Seattle. He used to dunk all over people until. I'll go with Ray Allen being a bit more mobile. Athletic. I'm not athletic. Had a bit. No, don't ever compare Clay. No, but if you want to catch and shoot guard. I put Mino. Wait, Mino. I'll put it this. If you had. If you had Clay in Washington and Bill in Golden State, it wouldn't be the same. Winning, it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't who, be. Who, who, would be you know what, Shaquille, who, who would be worse Mr. off? Mr. Goodhall Clark. I tell you what, you have just convinced me that maybe I shouldn't have had that boy 17th. That's a good little. <laughs> Thank you. That's, That's a good little. Because that's you know what? Do you know what? I I did this list chatting to my boy Oggy, the Denver fan on the podcast, and Oggy watches that 60 point Clay game like once a month so he he got he got in my head so, okay um all right next up was where we started sort of having debates now 18 was one of the greatest point guards of all time chris paul he was too low too low he wasn't. low he wasn't 18 after he the year he's had he was he was too high he shouldn't even he shouldn't have even been in that top 20 list i understand he shouldn't have been in that top 20 list i understand they said it's okay he's to die like it happens, like similar he, to like he they to die, and yeah. he just galvanized the team. Galvanized team, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, like he didn't produce. And he dragged ever. Harden he, and Russ to he, seven with Ludo. He and didn't Steve produce Adams. any higher than we'd seen him before. He just kind of put they they were a good young team, and I don't think he's better than twenty other players in the league at this point. Like he's no. still very very good, but I'm not gonna have him there. That's too high. Chris he Paul has, lives off his Clippers years. He lives off his Clippers years. Trust me. That's what his career is. He had a top 20 season. He's not a top 20 player. Yeah. Basketball Can you tell that I'm a bit heritage. salty? I'm Basketball still a bit salty from the veto. <laughs> well, I had him 12, so uh, you're, me and Shaq ain't getting on at all. Um, when did you, you didn't have Chris Paul in your 20, neither of you. Oh, no. Nah, oh, hell no. Well, somehow he got to 18, so shout out to the man that agreed with me. Now it starts getting sticky and, and we started really upsetting people. Um, actually, no, no, this one was kind of all right. I think everyone was kind of cool with this. Jason Tatum, 17, I think maybe a bit low, if anything, maybe 16, low. 15, 16, 15, 14. Would I had him around been, 15, 15, 16, I think. I probably 17 probably, was I probably, just you know what it was, yeah? I probably would have put him higher, but then I think part of me was probably thinking it's too early, but in reality... It's early, it's early. This is the thing. I think it, next year it wouldn't be a surprise if he goes 13 at all, but 17, I'd put him. But Jason Tatum is a top 10 player in the league. Oh, I'm a Celtics fan, and I don't think that. Daisy Tim's a bit. He's a top ten player in the league. <laughs> Where did you guys find Shaq? <laughs> now, what are we doing? Look, what, what are we doing? Top ten. Daisy You're Tatum saying that there's road, apparently he can go toe for toe with nine other players in the league. No, don't, don't get twisted. So no, no, Mila, he can though. This is the thing. With with Jason Tatum, there's games where he will take a game and win it by himself. But the consistency is why he's not. Consistent. And I don't think he's reached his. Best of his best. I feel like there's still right, yes. better to come. It's him going to be top five, top three in the next couple of years. I'll be real with you, Shaq. I think if it wasn't for the last three minutes of fourth quarters in the playoffs just gone, he probably would have been four places up from. But he showed that he's just not quite there with that for me. I, I hear that, but it's like to the extent of I'm going to hear something like a team with a star player that wasn't even in the playoffs is going to be higher than Jason Tatum when he got to. The conference finals, what, two years ago, three years ago, he got to again and he's leading the team and he's actually taking over and he's actually... But this is the thing, I put it like this, we're going to put someone like Luca top 10, right? But Luca's also leading a team and he's doing phenomenal things. I'm not going to trash Luca. he's cold. 
but ain't Jason Tatum doing the same thing? And uh, I think I think there's less star moments. I think that we'll get to, we'll get to Luca. We'll actually, you know what? We, we'll get to Luca on another pod. But I think with with if, with Luca compared to Tatum, Tatum's got there a bit with his passing now. Like he was able to. He was like it was. Tatum was growing in the bubble. It was actually pretty amazing. And through the yeah. playoffs, like against Miami and against Toronto, he was getting two man, three man on him and passing out of it in a way he couldn't do even six months ago. Whereas someone like Luca, the guy is the offense. Like people underrate that. You know what? Luca is almost Harden esque in how much of um, Dallas runs through him. Like it is mad. And I think if Tatum was doing that right now, he'd struggle. Um, I don't think he's got that ability to just to just be the orbit of everything just yet. Um, but listen, Tatum's not the one that upset people. We've seen Shaq, glimpses of it though. Shaquille, my good friend, number sixteen, Russell Westbrook. It's disgusting. This is the. You're trying to tell me that this bum over here is better than Jason Tatum. Tell me the time that you would take Jason Tatum for John Wall. Go on, please. What? Would you Would you trade Tatum for John Wall? Would I take? Hold on, I'm trying to work out if that way around makes sense. Would, would I take? It would. It would make. It would make sense. Sorry, it's not. It's not a trade that makes sense. Would you? Would you trade Wall for Jason Tatum for John Wall? Because no. the team just done it for Westbrook, but apparently he's top sixteen. No, but that's just, there's just, no context make, of that yeah, at all. The math is a mathing, brother. That's actually hurt my head. Any but, YouTube viewer will have just seen me look at the floor for like 50 seconds. The list ain't listing. It don't make sense. Yo, all right. Listen, well, I'm happy to have Tatum higher. I'm not going to lie. Westbrook was probably where he probably should have been. Where but, Where did you have Westbrook? I think, I think Westbrook, unfortunately, at this point in time, Westbrook is probably a 15 to 20 player. But where did you time, have him though? Where did I have him? I actually, actually, actually had him higher, but then hindsight, hindsight's a hell of a thing, ain't it? So, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, I'm looking very sideways at my. I'm looking, trade, right? I'm, sideways, man, I'm looking very sideways already at my Rudy Gobert inclusion. Anyway, um, we did it before the trade, right? Um, yeah, a long time before the trade. It was, a, it was a while before the trade. So if if the trade had happened, I would have had him a bit lower, but I had him in my top ten. Why? You had him top 10. Hold on. I mean, I had him, I had him in my top 10. I wanted to defend Russ tonight. You know, Jesus. I liked you. I sold my stocks in Russ. I didn't even have him top 10. I had him in top I'm 10. I tried to do right by Reams and Disu tonight, to be honest. All right. So that's upset some people. And then, no, no. The one that got revealed today earlier today, I can actually reveal that tomorrow's entry at 14 is. Ben Simmons, but we'll get to that. Paul George, 15. Paul George, 15. How is Ben Simmons so high up? Ben, ben Simmons was not in my 20, so I don't know who's done this. But he just about made my 20. He just he went in my 20. Ben, just... ben Simmons is one of the realest guys in the league, but we'll get to that. Paul, Paul George, 15, has upset a lot if, of people this if morning. If Paul George is at 15, Tatum should be a lot higher. Now, well, Paul George was not in my 20 either. Paul George was 21st for me. Paul, Paul George is top 20. We have to put respect on it. He's better than, he's better than Tatum. Like, I, I had him at 18, 19. He just about made the 20 cut alongside Ben Simmons. I mean, I can't, I can't give Paul George points if I'm detracting Tatum on clutch moments in the playoffs. I can't. I this is it. I understand your logic. But, but then you gave Westbrook points. Also, so uh, Westbrook has a, a good body of work across his career. So in the playoffs. playoffs. Paul George was the top three. There's a lot of circumstances for that. Yeah, a couple of years all right, cool. Now, if you, I, listen, way off P, Paul George, pandemic P, whatever we call him. Yeah. I think, I, do you know what? Like, I'm looking for, when we drop oh. number one, everybody's lists are coming out. So I just, I want to see who has had Paul George where. Like, I had him 21. So that means, 
my math ain't mathing, but someone must have had him eight for so listen, we're gonna find out who these people are this and unearth them. I just want the listeners to know that that was not me. Me not you had him top ten. That is a madness. You Paul George um, or Westbrook? Oh, you had Westbrook top ten or Paul George? I had Westbrook top ten. Yeah, wait, hold on. Whoa, he's got a bigger body. He, 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 where he was your where was your Paul George? Where was your Paul George? He was eighteenth. Okay. All right. I was twenty one, so you know that's fine. How? How was why, how was why not? higher than Paul George? Like honestly, rap to me because because I feel like. Fan. I'm not a Westbrook fan. That's the thing. I'm, I'm a not a Westbrook fan. fan I feel like I'm the most objective on Westbrook, and I am. That's pretty yeah, fair. Right. He has his moments of madness, like with the war thing a second ago, but he's pretty fair. And even he knows, like, recency bias is killing my people because yeah, there's no way in hell. You, I said it. I've tweeted it on the on the on the account. You can't name five players on one hand who are better than Paul George on the, in on, on a two way as a whole. You can't. So therefore, on that alone, I'm not saying that makes him a top five player. Yeah, no, I think Paul George is a very, very, very good basketball player. Five, five players. Paul George. Paul George. Paul George is one of the best players live. Paul George, I saw live, and he was fantastic. I think 21's fair. It's not. And you can't be lower than Westbrook based on his CV recently. Well, I had I had big things. I had big things in my twenty. It's not all. Yeah, yeah. I had big things. It made it a bit harder. I got I got Bam twenty. Shout out no, to the Miami boys. Yeah, Bam didn't even make the cut, but that's a conversation. I'm, I'm the hat from the rookie year. Game. I fucking love. Yeah, Bam. but there's nothing that there's nothing. Anyway, that anyway, with we're, we're we're out of time, so I think everybody's shocked at the Ben Simmons 14th. I don't know how that's happened. I need to find out how these things have happened. I'm the one who has to post this tomorrow, and I just can't do that with any real belief. Um, I'm gonna get my fingers ready because I don't know how he made ben, it that high up. Ben Simmons. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. Anyway, it was Greg. Oh, is he a Ben Simmons guy? I don't know, but I just want to blame Greg. No. <laughs> it was Greg. All right, all right. Is Greg or Dissy? I, I know. This has been, uh, been, it's given me a lot to think about this last chat. Anyway, it's been a good chat. Thanks everybody for your time, as always. Um, we're probably going to be back during the week and at the weekend as the season gets closer and closer. We're going to ramp up the pods. Um, and then the NBA is moving so fast that we're that sort of same volume as was in the playoffs and the bubble is probably going to start to be churned out. Um, everybody, thank you for your support so much. Like we are seeing it every, every day, grow up, the interaction grow up. We love it. We love this little community that we're building um, keep getting involved, get onto the Twitter courtside fracker. Um, and yeah, man, just get engaged. Tell us, tell us that we're stupid for putting Ben Simmons 14th because I will be in the group chat. So you do it on, on the Twitter. Um, but yeah, peace everybody. Thanks for your time so much tonight. Peace. peace. Love, bro. Sports Social Podcast Network.